Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Superlight Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Superlight shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. What up, TCK Potters? I'm your host, Sky Guasco, joined always by my man, Lucas Kaser, and you are tuned into the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel at the Candlestick Kids, leave a rate and review anywhere you're listening to your podcast, and follow us on IG at FantasyFootball underscore TCK Pod, and on Twitter at TCK underscore Pod. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. What up, TCK Potters? Welcome back to the program, another episode of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Sky Guasco. Lucas Kaser back into place. I hope everyone had a very, very safe uh, weekend uh, with whatever you were doing. And uh, Lucas, you celebrated a, uh, a, very, a very special anniversary yourself, my man. So congratulations okay. to you. you. And um, we are going to get into episode 223 on this one here. And we're going to dive into the second episode of Quarterback Week, which is the Quarterback Draft Strategy. So what we're going to do here is we're going to break down basically whether it's best to draft a quarterback late or a quarterback early. Lucas and I kind of sit on the fence. I think a lot of people do, but obviously the fantasy, the overall fantasy uh, energy is to draft a quarterback late. Obviously, if you don't get Mahomes or uh, Jackson, but the problem is with that, you're usually not able to get too much value on them. So then it, you know, kind of a boom bust situation. So we're going to break it down here today. We're going to go over the 2019 fantasy finish for quarterbacks and how it correlated to last year's ADP coming in. We're also going to relate that to this year's current ADP. And Lucas and I are going to break that down a little bit and just give you some targets, both early middle rounds and late. Before we do that, Lucas, let's check in my man. How are you doing? Um, as everybody knows at this point, hopefully uh, we did, um, push back the draft guide just one week here. We had some fine tunes we wanted to put in there. So a couple of people have been asking me, uh, it's coming out next Monday on the 13th. We'll be ready for you. Um, but Lucas, there's been some fine, uh, some fine tuning last minute there. So what's going on with the draft guide? Just give the, give the folks a quick update. I mean, I feel like I've been making draft guides for the last three months. <laughs> I, I, it's almost done. We're getting there, uh, but it's going to be, it's going to be worth the wait. Um, still, still worth the amount of money we're charging you. So Monday, uh, the 13th, it is coming out uh, almost a week from today when you're hearing this. So make sure down below to go click on the link to the Google form to get signed up. A couple of pre-orders so far, uh, you won't want to miss out. Um, I will say though that it will be getting updated throughout the summer. You've probably said it many times too. So don't expect it all to be ready. We're still a two-man crew or two plus a couple extras. So we can't get it all up to date, but plenty of stuff to go look at on Monday. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So again, five bucks for the draft guide, five bucks for the in-season package if you want, 15 bucks for both of those and some extra. So if you're, if you're in it to win it, man, 15 bucks, it's all we're asking. Uh, and if that's a little bit too rich for these days, no problem. $5 will get it done for you. And we would much, much appreciate the support. Obviously it's less about the money for us. It just helps sustain our costs for running a website and running the podcast and everything else. So we're basically taking that money and dumping it right back into the brand. So uh, we appreciate the support there. All right, man, that's enough. Episode 223 underway. Let's get into it. Let's start with last year's finishes. So here's the quarterback finishes. I'm just going to rally one through 24 quickly. I'm just going to blaze names and we're going to talk about their finish and how it correlated to last year's ADP. And actually just to split it up a little bit, I'll do one through 12. Lucas, why don't you do 13 through 24? So the finishes uh, from the 2019 season, one through 24 are as follows. Number one, of course, Lamar Jackson. Number two, Dak Prescott. Number three, Jameis Winston, even with 30 interceptions. Number four, Russell Wilson. Number five, Deshaun Watson, number six, Josh Allen, number seven, Kyler Murray, number eight, Patrick Mahomes, number nine, Carson Wentz, number 10, Aaron Rodgers, 11, Matt Ryan, and number 12, Tom Brady. All righty, number 13, Jared Goff, number 14, Jimmy G, the Super Bowl runner-up, number 15, Philip Rivers, 16, Ryan Fitzpatrick, 17, Derek Carr, 18, Kirk Cousins, 19, the greatest ever, Baker Mayfield, 20, Gardner Minshew, 21, Ryan Tannehill, 22, Drew Brees, 23, Daniel Jones, and 24, Jacoby Brissett. All right. So with the 24 there, I want to I want to start up at the top and we'll work our way down. I want to break down what last year's ADP was for them. And then we're going to dive a little bit deeper into ADP here in just a couple of minutes. So when we're thinking, before we get into the numbers, man, what is your, before we to break this down. What is your thought on the quarterback drafting? I know we've brought it up on multiple podcasts, but for this one, like, are you generally a in in mocks recently? Have you been a uh, Mahomes and Jackson targeter? And if you miss out, you just punt it. Are you punting no matter what? Or are you one of those guys that will, you know, take a high profile wide receiver quarter uh, wide receiver running back or tight end in the first three four rounds? But you're looking forward to maybe Russell Wilson or uh, Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray, Josh Allen in the middle rounds. Um, or are you having to have one of those game breaker guys early on? What's your general quarterback strategy thus far in mocks? I think hmm, I don't know because I've been kind of growing on this whole thing that like ADP is not real, and I think it's kind of becoming a thing or more real thing than people are wanting to realize. Uh, so I'm going into the season with, I'm taking Lamar, like as if I'm taking the QB one or two, I'm not taking him if like he's in the fourth to fifth round. Cause I think, I think we're going to see this with the running backs that people are saying that, I don't know, like an example today I had a conversation where I was, I'm not touching Le'Veon Bell in the third round, but then I asked him, where would you take him in terms of running backs? And it was two picks earlier than where he's going right now. So in my head, that means he's a value. Because like I said, you can't control the flow of the position, but you can control the position you take them at. So the overall strategy, yes, probably late, just because that usually tends to work out better. But that being said, I think we saw last year that rushing floors helps your points per game tremendously. Uh, and not just Lamar. We saw that with Dak. We saw that Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson. We even saw with Jameis kind of Josh Allen, obviously – hopes for Kyler Murray, Mahomes later in the season. Gardner Minshew was running the ball. So I think even Daniel Jones some game. So I think really I would say that if I'm going early, it has to be Lamar. And if I'm going middle rounds, I like Dak. 
But that being said, a lot has to go right for a throwing quarterback to go big. So it's probably more so I would target the running quarterbacks, um, I guess, um, at, at, at the value I value them at, which might be QB5-6. And I can give them a 10th round grade, but most of the time they're not even going to be in the 10th round. So probably I would say probably QB5-6 is my middle round grade. And then obviously Lamar you're going to have to get in the – third round so sometimes you just got to kind of bite the bullet if you really want them with the exception of Jameis Winston last year um and Patrick Mahomes is a scrambler but not really a rushing quarterback uh the let's see six of the or seven of the top nine quarterbacks were rushing quarterbacks so over 200 yards at least and that's Jackson Prescott Wilson, Watson, Allen, Murray, Wentz even, and then Rodgers used to be, but not so much anymore. So you obviously have that that rushing floor. Now Jameis is up there because he threw for 5,000 yards and 30-plus touchdowns, but Josh Allen's also on there who never threw for 300 yards in any single game. So that kind of balances it out when you, when you start working like that. So, all right, man, of the 12 quarterbacks in 2019 that finished, the top 12 quarterbacks of 2019, seven of them were drafted in the ninth round or later. So let's break down really quick. So the general ADP is like your QB one or two go in the first or second round, or I'm sorry, second or third round is the first quarterback or two off the board. After that, we're looking at, you know, it drops down to about the fourth or fifth round for a couple of guys, sixth, seventh round for a couple of guys. And then most quarterbacks go in the ninth round or later, just because it's how drafts go. But when you're talking about top end quarterbacks versus late round quarterbacks, here's what you're looking at. Lamar Jackson finished first. He was drafted. And this is, ADP again. So somebody's going to listen to this podcast and be like, I drafted him in the 12th round. It's like, okay, but that's your draft. Here's the current ADP. So Lamar Jackson finished first overall. He was ninth in the ninth round. Dak Prescott in the 11th round. Jameis Winston, ninth round. Russell Wilson, eighth round. Josh Allen, 13th round. Kyler Murray, 10th round. Tom Brady, 10th round as well. Some of the guys that were drafted earlier that finished late. Baker Mayfield, obviously, finished 19th. He was drafted in the sixth round. Drew Brees, drafted in the seventh round, finished 22. Of course, he missed five games. We can't necessarily hold that against him. But Jared Goff was drafted in the seventh round. He finished 13 as well. So Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, and Aaron Rodgers were in that five, six, seven round range, and they finished 9, 10, and 11. So the correlation here between, like, the late round boom players, right? Uh, and versus the the earlier round guys that you're not really looking at. So for example, Mahomes first off the board last year, he finished eighth overall. Obviously he missed a couple of games, but that can obviously happen. If we're talking about last year's finish and the ADP, what really stands out to me is that the top, let's see the uh, six of the top seven players, Deshaun Watson aside, were drafted in the eighth round or later. Again, ninth, 11th, eighth, 13th and 10th with Deshaun Watson going in the fourth round. So you're getting some incredible value there um, before, you know, those guys going early. And then later, again, we're talking about some of these players that finished deep that are getting drafted early via injury or whatever, because that does happen. If we look over at the ADP from last year, we had Mahomes, Watson, Rogers, Baker, Ryan, Breeze, Wentz, Goff, Wilson, and Cam Newton as the top 10. Uh, of those of that group, one, two, three, four, five, six finished as a QB one. Baker Mayfield finished 19, Drew Brees 22, Jared Goff 13, and Cam Newton obviously got hurt and didn't quite qualify. Right after those guys, 11 and 12 
14 and 15, and then 17 and 20 was Lamar Jackson, Jameis Winston, Kyler Murray, Tom Brady, Dak Prescott, and Josh Allen. So those are all guys that finished in the, uh, in the top 12, and most of that um, group finished after the ninth round. So looking at these ADPs, we have a lot of players, obviously the upper echelon, but we have a lot of these players that are going later that are showing up earlier at the, at the finish. Um, what do you think the, the correlation is there? I mean, is there just, you know, again, it's just the quarterback position is so stacked because it's a onesie position more or less, meaning you only play one quarterback versus multiple running backs and, and wide receivers. Also you being the super flex guy, how, how different is it when you're drafting quarterbacks in the first, second, third round pretty heavily versus a single quarterback where you don't even have to draft one until maybe the 12th or 14th round? Yeah, I think that that kind of – because I've been playing, obviously, now in a lot of Dynasty, which is super flex. That's where it kind of ties into you don't want to give a round grade because you you just got to take the guy at the position that you like him, right? So I think I, th- I think you're just on top of, like, the quarterback, fin- the late-round QB in general. Like, obviously, it's a thing because it happens every year. We always see late-round guys shine out. We always see this, that. But most of the time, what I've started to notice is a lot of the guys that usually break out the ADP rises so much from where they were at the start of the summer that like, it really isn't even much of a value as much as people might think it is. Um, Like Lamar, for example, he was going at the QB 11 and just this one ADP you pulled, but like I was taking him at like the QB seven or eight last year because I was bought into it, but I had to adjust. So I made sure to get him in a lot of my leagues because he was probably QB 20, 25. I mean, cause he came off what a four game, sample when he came into the playoffs or the, the end of the season in the late playoffs and no one knew how to value him kind of sort of like Josh Allen he came in kind of a crappy year no one knew how to value him going at QB 20 and you look at it now you're like how did he go at QB 20 when he was elite last year so we kind of see these trends of I mean for example guys this year get, that's why people like Daniel Jones because they've seen these personal experiences of these quarterbacks a little bit of rushing floor up and down season, but a good ADP that they can target that moves it up. Gardner Mitchell is a good example. Um, I mean, Cam Newton's not a good example, but I think he's going to fall into this category where he's going to be QB eight or nine in ADP because people are going to be like, well, yeah, it's Cam Newton. They wouldn't sign a hurt quarterback in a, like he's an MVP. So I think mm-hmm. that being said, I think the way you can look at it is sort of fade that like, I don't want to say don't fade the ADP raise, but like, look at that as a way to like, okay, they're rising up. Then I can go get, I don't know. I mean, Lamar rising last year was big Ben falling, which obviously if you look at it now, like that's not a good pick, but like 50, 50 last year, 60, 40, I probably would have taken big Ben. So use, use that sort of hype in ADP. And I mean, obviously I'm deferring, I'm differing on Daniel Jones a little bit than you are in certain spots, but use that Daniel Jones rise to go take, Carson Wentz three rounds later to go take Joe Burrow six rounds later because people are overvaluing the hope that Lamar Jackson happens again. And I think we see this every year. Um, Like Mahomes, obviously, like you had to rank him at the one last year, but we saw last year that it wasn't the 55 touchdowns or whatever he had um, kind of similar concepts there. So I think it's definitely a trend I've noticed when it comes to the value of quarterbacks. And it's risky no matter how you do it. And you can say this about tight ends, which we'll cover during tight end week. Um, It's tricky no matter what, when you're doing a onesie position, because the reality is, dude, you and I love Lamar Jackson like everybody else does. He's our number one ahead of, you know, payday Mahomes, 
we're all about it. The reality is if, if Lamar Jackson goes out there and gets hurt in week two, like Big Ben did, or like any quarterback could, you're fucked. <laughs> because mm-hmm. best case scenario, you may have drafted, uh, you know, I don't know, some, you know, Daniel Jones that you're hoping for, or Drew Locke that you're hoping for, or Ryan Tannehill that you're hoping for in your 14th round because you had to fill the whole rest of your roster after picking um, Lamar Jackson in the second, third round. You have to, you know, bone up on wide receivers or running backs. So you're not able to get a second quarterback with value there. So you're just hoping for a late round guy, which is obviously tricky. Now there are diamonds in the rough, uh, which I'm going to explain here in a second, but it's tough to know who those players are going to be. Obviously we have calculated guesses and we target certain guys over others, um, but it is tricky. So I'm not saying don't draft Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes in the first two or three rounds, if that's what you want to do and you're confident that you could build a solid team around them. Just understand the calculated risk. Again, this is in single QB leagues. In super flex leagues, you have a lot more leeway because you could draft four or five quarterbacks depending on how you do things. But in a single QB league, you're drafting – most teams are drafting just one. Most – you know, some teams are drafting two. I personally am drafting three, even in a single QB league, if I go quarterback early uh, with strategy just in case to see what happens. So to break that down a little bit further, as I mentioned, of – the current AD, or the ADP of last year coming into 2019, the 24 uh, players that we had, um, six of the uh, top 12 quarterbacks from last year's ADP of the top 24, six of the top 12 quarterbacks were drafted in the eighth round or earlier, and six of those were drafted in the ninth round or later. So the QB ones were basically split in half from the eighth round higher and the ninth round later. However, what's important to look at here is that there's a better value and overall finish from the group drafted in the ninth round later. Not only are they better value in general, because the later you draft a player, the better value they bring you pretty much undoubtedly, but literally their finishes were just better as a group. So I'm going to read one through eight really quick. The the, uh, quarterbacks that were drafted in the eighth round and higher uh, last year, I'll, I'll, Uh, share those results and then I'm going to share the results of the ninth round and later and tell me which group in general you would rather have so uh, second round and this is just kind of generic um, ADP here but uh, second round Patrick Mahomes finished eighth fourth round Deshaun Watson finished fifth fifth round Aaron Rodgers finished 10th sixth round Baker Mayfield finished 19 sixth round Matt Ryan 11 seventh round Drew Brees and Carson Wentz and Jared Goff, they finished 22, 9, and 13, respectively. Eighth round was Russell Wilson, who finished fourth. That's a good value there. Cam Newton, of course, is a wash. But then we look at the ninth round and later. Okay, so we have 8, 5, 10, 11, 9, and 4 are the uh, eighth round or earlier six players. They're in the top 12. Let's look at the bottom half of this. Ninth round, Lamar Jackson finished first overall. Right behind him, Jameis Winston. They were back-to-back, QB 11 and 12. Jameis Winston finished third overall. Big Ben, it's a wash. He got hurt. We'll throw him out. Kyler Murray, 14, uh, QB 14 off the board in the 10th round, finished seventh. Tom Brady, QB 15 off the board in the 10th round, finished 12th. Dak Prescott, QB 17 off the board in the 11th round. He was QB 2 overall. And then Josh Allen, 20th quarterback off the board, 13th round. He finished sixth overall so in the ninth round and later we had one three seven twelve two and six so as a collective that is obviously a much better group notably with Lamar Jackson Jameis Winston and uh, Dak Prescott there's your top three guys going in the later rounds so that is 
you know, really for me, it, it seriously stands out. Of course, you know, uh, Patrick Mahomes changed quarterback. We never thought we would see something like Patrick Mahomes did. Then Lamar Jackson showed up and <laughs> changed it all over again in a totally different way. But what made those guys extra special is that you got them in the ninth plus round each year. Dak Prescott, again last year, number two, got him at the 17th quarterback. Josh Allen, huge floor, and he's going to be able to throw better. Uh, he was going in the 13th round um, with a huge floor there. I mean, Cam Newton has always been a higher grab, but this year with the Patriots, now that he's back, he's got a low ADP. So he's the type of guy to have a huge upside. So looking at this, before we get into the 2020 ADP, Lucas, looking at last year's ADP and where these guys actually finished, what does this tell you more about maybe, you know, again, leaning toward that late QB strategy? Yeah, I mean, I think obviously like the answer would be to take that back half because that's just how it played out last year. Um, but I think I guess the best way to answer that is just pulling up the ADP. And I, I did pull it up when you were talking. Um, so the Fantasy Football Calculator ADP, it's one of the better free resources. Fantasy Pros isn't bad, um, so I just used this one. So the guys all in the top eight um, in one quarterback leagues, Lamar, Mahomes, Kyler, Russ, Deshaun, Dak, Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, Matt Ryan, um, and if you're counting the eighth round, Drew Brees and Carson Wentz. So obviously, no matter what argument you give me, I'm going to say that eight out of those guys probably have a better chance of finishing as the quarterback one, right? Like obviously, that's where their ADP is there. But then you read off the other guys behind them. Baker, Daniel Jones, Stafford, Kirk Cousins, Brady, Goff, Tannehill, Big Ben, Jimmy G. I'll just stop there. That's 12, 12 rounds, Phillip Rivers, Cam Newton, whatever. Um Drew Locke and all the rookies are down there in round 16 or later. So I think when it comes down to it, you look at like, I mean, like obviously tell me the difference between Stafford and Brady compared to Wentz, maybe Matt Ryan. We don't know with him, I guess what you could say, but I think what I look at is the situational spots in terms of what's going in that round. That's not going in the round, but I'd be giving up right. If that makes sense. So obviously I mean, I mean, I'm not even going to read off round two because what's going on, everything's going in round two to where you can take a quarterback. But let's say round four, Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray are going. Um, the receivers that are going are Tyler Lockett, Calvin Ridley, Keenan Allen, A.J. Brown, T.Y., and Debo. That's not updated, I guess. But Ridley, Lockett, Keenan Allen, A.J. Brown arguably could finish his wide receiver ones this year. Um, most of them do in points per game when they're healthy. Zach Ertz and Mark Andrews, they could arguably be the tight end one this year. And then you scroll down here to maybe you take the fourth-round QB instead of taking Baker in the ninth. Okay. Your tight end to choose from is Noah Fant and Jared Cook. I don't think they're going to finish as the tight end one this year. And then you're replacing – I mean, my favorite guy in that round is Ridley. Okay, so I'm replacing Ridley with Mike Williams, Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard. Like, not much to go there. Um, we can even move farther down – to round five, Deshaun and Dak are going, which I think that's not a bad round to target, you could say. But even Allen Robinson's still going there. Robert Woods, DJ Chart, guys that put up wide receiver one numbers on a week-per-week basis and say I take a round five QB over Ryan Tannehill in the 12th. Okay, you're replacing Robert Woods with Henry Ruggs and Tyrell Williams. Like, it's, it's not really there, I guess. So, yet again, that ties back into kind of the way I've been looking at the ADP is that I need to look at what am I sacrificing in order to get the quarterback at the QB ADP that I want. And then obviously in this case with the ADP, that's not it. But when it comes down to your draft, obviously it's very subjective, but I think if you, 
it's our, obviously you can't gate the ninth round by drafting in the first round. But if you know your guy, people you're drafting with, you can definitely use that to your advantage. Then maybe it's okay if you take Lamar because you can go get Edelman in the eighth round or you can go get A.J. Green in the 13th round or something like that. Yeah, it, it is definitely risky. And I like, I like to actually, you know, in mock drafts, I've been purposely making sure, almost reaching just so that I have them in the mock draft to like see what happens. But I've been making sure to get Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes in the second round or so just to like have them on my team and see what happens. Um, but I've also on purpose not drafted a quarterback until maybe the 12th round. So I've just, no matter who's on the board, no matter the value, I almost punt it until the 12th plus round just to see the kind of value. And it's ridiculous in mock drafts. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is always available and like, and, and Matt Stafford and Daniel Jones and big Ben Roethlisberger and Baker Mayfield, even Cam Newton will be uh, available eventually. Ryan Tannehill, you know, Jimmy G, like these guys aren't super sexy, but they can definitely put up QB one numbers for you. And what I'm saying is if you're punting that position, you're, you know, you're either better off getting one of those top-notch guys, even Russell, um, Kyler, Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott, Josh Allen, even um, getting one of those guys and then making sure to get a late-round QB as well, just in case. But if you don't end up getting one of them, why not get two or three quarterbacks at the end of your draft? I mean, you're getting like a wide receiver seven, you know, you're getting like your eighth handcuff. I mean, it seems kind of silly at that point when you mm -hmm. could potentially get, you know, uh, a standout quarterback um, in those later rounds. Um, so for me, if I'm not able to get Lamar or Mahomes, um, then I might go Dak early because I know that you and I both like him a lot. I like Russell. I love – I'm coming around on Watson, especially if he grabs Antonio Brown somehow, which is a whisper in the bushes. But, um, you know, and Kyler, of course, too. So if you get one of those guys, I think you'd be okay. But it's a little bit risky. What I'm not interested in is taking some of these middle-of-the-pack guys because – like Drew Brees, love him. Tom Brady, love him. Matt Ryan, love him. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, love him. Um, we've been very vocal about our disdain for Carson Wentz, but in fantasy, he can be pretty valuable for you. However, the problem is I just don't see the super upside for these guys necessarily. Like I'm talking like QB3 upside, not QB7. Um, but what I do see is potentially QB like 15 from week to week as well, just because I don't want that. So I want to shoot for the stars or I want to, you know, grab two or three quarterbacks at the end that I can rifle through because history shows me that I'm going to be able to find, you know, four to five of those guys in the ninth round or later. So I'm with you, man. It's definitely a calculated risk, but I like to go either way there. Let's go into this year's current ADP. You've already broken it down pretty well, but let's go into it a little bit. And what I want to do here to, to wrap up the episode is just go through this list really quick. And I just kind of gave my spiel more or less for guys that I'm looking at. I want you to do the same and more or less, you know, tell us how you're feeling about those top end guys, the middle tier guys, second, third tier maybe, and then break it down um, for those late rounds. And what I want to do at the very end um, is pick out a couple later round guys. And I'm talking like, you know, 10th round or later that you and I could put maybe three guys each that you and I could potentially um, see. I don't know about being this year's Lamar Jackson or, or, or two years ago, Patrick Mahomes uh, to the magnitude, but, you know, getting drafted as the 17th, 18th, 19th quarterback on the board and finishing top five. So uh, why don't you break down really quick how you feel about the current ADP really and just like the top you know, 24 more or less popcorn it. And uh, then we'll break down maybe three kind of dark horses, if you will, sleepers, if you will, quarterbacks for the later round strategy. 
Yeah, I mean, I think as of now, the ADP is about relatively to what we see every year. I mean, I, I read off names, but I think there's the top two, obviously. And then I think that chunk of, I want to say, quarterback ones that you like to have on your team, but you are hesitant to reach on is kind of the, the vibe I get with them. And from Russ down to Kyler or to Watson, however you slice it. And then there's this kind of the – see how the board flows, if you will. Because I, I, I still think Allen's a stud. I think Drew Brees, Matt Ryan. We hate Wentz for some reason, but he's still good in fantasy. Matt Stafford, like all these guys that – they're all guys that everyone know, everyone knows can be the quarterback one, but they know the value of taking quarterback late. That's why they kind of fall. So I think realistically, I think the ADP is fine, um, which is – I don't know if it's a subject to the running back hype or if it's just people are kind of all in on the late round quarterback thing, which is whatever. Like I said, you just got to adjust the ADP. So I think, I think it's fine as of now. We'll obviously double check and stuff and have a bunch of mocks before the season starts to maybe give updates to see if people are buying it a little more. Uh, but we can go in and kind of break down our whatever you want to do, long shot QB1 bets or whatever you want to do. Yeah, I um... – I wanted to just bring up, you know, I'm going to bring up three guys. I'd like you to calculate to three guys here in the 10th round or later, Lucas, that you think could basically end up, I'm talking like top six uh, quarterback for whatever reason. So why don't you calculate those really quick while I run through mine. So I'm going to have some familiar names and then I'm actually going to go with a rookie. So let's start with Big Ben here. So Big Ben is going currently as the quarterback 15 off the board in the 11th round. Now, this is strictly based on he's old as shit and he has a busted arm. Hopefully not anymore. But just two years ago, the Steelers had one of the most prolific offenses in the league. He led the league in passing yards more than Patrick Mahomes, who had 5,000 as well. Big Ben actually led the league in passing yards, led the league in passing attempts. Juju Schuster and Antonio Brown were both top six in uh, yak, which is yards after catch. So big plays over the middle. And I think he's got similar weapons. And I've mentioned before, as incredible as Antonio Brown is, was overall, which I'm not doubting uh, during his heyday, I think the Steelers actually have a better core of receivers and weapons right now with who they have versus just basically AB and uh, Juju there. So I think he's got a better option there, Big Ben. Also, you've really got nothing to lose. You draft him in the 11th round. If he gets hurt again in week four or he just doesn't pan out, you cut him and you grab somebody else. But we saw just a few years ago, Big Ben was the number two quarterback on the season. So I could see that happening again. And while he's healthy, they will be throwing the ball quite a bit in Pittsburgh. The next one for me is Joe Burrow. I've already mentioned that I see um, – I could see Joe Burrow finishing as the top 10 quarterback. Uh, just, you know, last week we did our uh, 10 hot takes, and one of my hot takes was that Joe Burrow finished his top 10. Currently he's going in the 12th round, QB 19 or so. And, um, again, just all those weapons. He could also just be a rookie. I know how incredible he was in college – every number one draft pick was fucking incredible in college. That's why they go number one. We see a lot of them fall in their face, though, in the pros in the first year or two. I just think there's something different about Joe Burrow. He's got a great young coaching staff that trusts the college-style game. He's got great weapons around him. Even A.J. Green, I think, is going to be awesome while he's healthy. Uh, T. Higgins, of course, coming in, who Joe Burrow pretty much hand-selected. Love that. Great running game, better offensive line, terrible defense, which is going to help those passing opportunities when they're negative game scripts. So I could see Joe Burrow finishing top 10 as well as a uh, um, 12th-round quarterback. And then I got to throw him out there, man. Cam Newton, 
Why not? He's finished top six in every year he's been healthy. Uh, he's, I mean, we know what he brings, right? It's been a pretty sore last couple seasons because he's been busted. Everybody knows he's been hurt except for Carolina. He was battling concussions that weren't documented. He was battering a bad shoulder, ribs, hip, uh, elbow. I mean, he had all the shit going on. He had a foot injury. He just can't be as dynamic as he needs to be as a um, multi-threat quarterback. Uh, but we know that he is the best goal line running back that the Patriots have, including Sonny Michelle. Uh, these days. Um, I think he's going to be great with your boy Edelman, Nikhil Harry, hopefully, and all of these running back options. I think Cam Newton's going to bring a lot of firepower to New England, a storied franchise, obviously, over the last 20 years. And uh, he's going to be back in the limelight. You know, they didn't get a lot of, um, in the last couple of years, Carolina hasn't gotten a lot of those high profile Monday, Thursday, Sunday night games because of the Panthers, and they haven't been as good without Cam. Um, but I think that they're going to get those still with being the Patriots and whatnot. So I think Cam shines like that. And Having him back in the league, I think, is, is better overall. So Cam Newton going in the 17th uh, spot in the 11th round. Joe Burrow going in the 19th spot in the 12th round. And Big Ben going in the 15th spot in the 11th round as well. Those are three quarterbacks out of a bunch of them. But those are three quarterbacks that I truly believe could be top 10 and even top six um, if they really, if they really uh, you know, hit their stride. And Joe Burrow can run the ball as well, which I didn't mention. So they all have a running ability. You know, they can run the ball in the red zone, um, short yardage opportunities for Big Ben and Cam. I think Joe Burrow is going to be a, a very surprising scrambler. And then all of them, uh, when healthy, have big uh, arms and weapons. So those are my three guys, Big Ben, Burrow, and Cam. How about you, Lucas? Who are three quarterbacks that you could see uh, from the 10th round or later potentially finishing top six? Hey, man, I mean, Cam Newton, me and the commission boys are going to have a podcast, uh, Embrace the Grind, about why the Patriots are going back to the Super Bowl. It's going to be – it's going to be a great time, so I'll make sure to now, get my, the link my, after that. My question, this is a fan question for the podcast. You don't have to answer it now, but a fan question for the podcast. Do the Patriots beat the 49ers in that Super Bowl, or do they lose oh, to the man. 49ers in that Super Bowl? See, I mean, we can just kind of talk about it, because obviously we had the little, like, uh, brief um, analysis, I guess. I don't know. So I, I've been hearing rumors that, like, they're going to switch the offense to Taylor to Cam Newton, which is so – it's to. so like think about Bill Belichick changing his freaking offense in the middle of his career. Like it's gonna be so awesome. I'm so excited, and I hope he stays healthy. And they have like 90 million offensive linemen that can all play. Like 30 running backs. Uh, Edelman's gonna be throwing touchdown passes all over the place. It's gonna be great. Dude, uh, James McCaffrey is gonna be off the chains James too. McCaffrey, you love I'm ready to see for it. it. All right, I'll go into mine here. So, obviously, Big Ben, I'm all over. Uh, I don't know if I touched upon it on this podcast or the whole, like, injury, how he's, like, one of the only guys since, like, recording NFL injury data. Uh, Tommy John surgery, he's the only one, and he's perfectly fine, so I wouldn't worry about that at all. There was another um, one. Jake, Jake DeLome also uh, had a similar surgery, um, and his stats did decline quite a bit the second year, uh, but after that he was he was pretty much just fine. So I think Big Ben will be okay. We've talked long and long and hard about the uh, the old beard shave, um, and enough. I do believe at this point in Big Ben's career, man, I don't see why he would come back just to prove a point. So he uh, he should be he should be healthy. Fair enough. So yeah, I think you get, you got to buy in. You got to buy into the whole offense here. But the rest of my guys. Um, I mean, I, I'm starting to grow on the old Ryan Tannehill here. I, I know it's not repeatable what he did last year, but part of me thinks this team is going to be very, very good. And with that being a good team comes touchdown opportunities. So I'm not expecting 
30 to 40 fantasy points. But I think if he can consistently put up 19 to 20 uh, with the rushing floor that he did show, that he could easily sneak into that top six in points per game. But in reality, he's just going to be a good pick, I think. A lot of super flex QB2s, the safe pick to pair with a guy like Joe Burrow, to pair with a guy like Drew Locke, um, Cam Newton, Big Ben, I think is a perfect uh, complement there. I mean, Kirk Cousins, he's going around 14. He always seems to go super late, except for last year he kind of had an off year. But it's usually around that QB 7 to 8 range in points per game. Uh, not points per game, total, but points per game, like the 10 to 12. I don't mind him at all. But I think, I think the big one is Jared Goff. And I think he is starting to fall a lot more than he should be because people, for some reason, think that I – don't, I don't know why he's dropping, to be honest with you. I mean, like, obviously he didn't play that great last year and the Rams kind of fell apart. But he was still like – he was still a borderline QB1, high on QB2 with barely any weapons, a midseason offensive scheme switch. O-line was number one in pass protection. Well, they didn't get any worse somehow. Number one in pass protection. I don't really know how that one came to be on football outsiders, but I think that they're going to be a lot more negative game scripts. The defense got a lot worse. Got to figure out this running back situation, which only helps the passing game. And no, not, no offense to Brandon Cooks, but his two best pass catchers that he seems to do really well with stayed. And that means only higher EPA plays, only higher, only more um, beneficial plays for him too. So I think that, I think that he'll be another good value uh, for sure. I'm getting a lot of Jared Goff and Ryan Tannehill stacks in a lot of my mock drafts right now. I like it. Jared Goff actually did finish as the QB 20 or QB 13, excuse me, last year. Ryan Tannehill finished as the QB 21, but only played half a season there. Uh, so you could, you know, maybe double his output, which if you did that, you're looking at potentially like 400, which would make him about the QB two if you were to double that up. So we won't get that crazy, but um, obviously uh, both those guys could be, could be a, a solid grab late. So I basically what it comes down here and there's a bunch of other names that we've talked to at length here, but you know, Matt Stafford, 10th round, Daniel Jones, 10th round, Baker Mayfield, even, I know you're not impressed. I still think with all those weapons, he could make it happen in the 12th round. My concern with him is Stefanski and not throwing the ball as much. He'll have to be uber uh, efficient. And frankly, we just saw, you know, um, uh, Kirk Cousins last year, who's basically going to be Baker this year in the same scheme with similar weapons, finished QB 18 last year. So I'm not very excited about that. But I do think Baker has some upside, especially in super flex leagues. Drew Locke, of course, getting all the hype. Uh, with the new weapons. I just think the Broncos are still a year away from letting that click. Mm -hmm. But I do think coming into next year, man, I wouldn't be surprised if Drew Locke is like a top 10 pick because of what he's able to do this year if they can keep it together. But I'm a little bit hesitant there. You mentioned Tannehill and Goff. Jimmy G even, not super sexy, but I think a great floor with some upside. Definitely super flex grab. And then some of the OGs, man, uh, you can still find value with uh, Rivers and Cousins with the bye week filler there. So Basically, with the quarterbacks, we are not anti-early quarterback, um, but we are definitely pro-late-round quarterback. And if you're going to go early-round quarterback, um, make sure you reach for your guy. That's what I would say. If you're looking to get a quarterback early and then take another late-round uh, flyer or two, I would reach around. I mean, even if, you know, Kyler Murray, if that's your guy um, in the top five or six or whatever, you just think he's going to be the one behind maybe um, Lamar and Mahomes, if, if Kyler – there's your dude or Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott. If it's your guy and they're ADPs in like the fifth round, I guarantee you there's going to be two or three other people in that league who think the same thing. So for me, what's the difference between getting your quarterback early in the fifth round versus the fourth round if you want to make sure to get them? 
The only difference is you're going to have to really back in on extra running backs, extra receivers later on, and then grab another quarterback late just in case, especially in um, single uh, quarterback league. So I like that, man. Solid breakdown of the current ADP for this year, last year's ADP going into last year, and the uh, finishes. Again, just a quick, a quick uh, couple stat recaps. Of the 12 quarterbacks, top 12 quarterbacks of last year in 2019 finish, seven of them were drafted in the eighth round or later. Remember that more than half of the QB1s from last year were drafted in the eighth round or later. Eighth round or later had six um, top 12 finishes, and the ninth round or later had six top 12 finishes as well. So obviously split 50-50. However, the value was much, much better in those later rounds. From the ninth round on, we had Russell Wilson at four, Lamar Jackson one, Jameis Winston three, Kyler Murray seven, Tom Brady 12, Dak Prescott two, and Josh Allen at six. All those guys drafted in the eighth round or later there. And then we jump into last year's overall finishes. Of course, we had a couple hiccups there with Mahomes getting injured, uh, Drew Brees getting injured as well, Ryan Tannehill coming in late, Gardner Minshew coming in late, Baker Mayfield underachieving, uh, and uh, Matt Ryan and, and Aaron Jones also underachieving. Uh, but then, of course, you saw that big growth with Kyler Murray, Josh Allen, and uh, Dak Prescott as well, finishing up at the top with Lamar Jackson. All right, man, that's a breakdown here for the quarterback week, day two. Tomorrow we are going to – also jump into our quarterback segment. We're going to do some teammate comparisons. So basically what we're going to do is we're going to just jump into quarterback, wide receiver, tight end, running back schemes and things and, and see who are maybe those nice friendship strategies, if you will, good players and teammates to pile up on there, uh, according to ADP or just the overall value. So make sure you tune in tomorrow. And that will do it for our Tuesday podcast, episode 223 in the books. Make sure if you have not yet, you go to tckpod.com. Grab yourself a version of the draft guide if you have not already. You can, again, get the draft guide itself for five bucks. That's just five bucks. You can get the in-season package once the season starts for just five bucks, or you can get both of those plus some bonus things for $15. We much, much appreciate the support there. Um, make sure to uh, hit a subscribe and leave a comment here on the YouTube channel. Leave a rate and review anywhere you're listening to your podcast. Please tell a friend. We much, much appreciate listening to those reviews. It helps us with the constructive criticism. So we like hearing from the people, the followers, the fans. So thank you for everybody participating there. Leave a uh, follow on our Instagram page at fantasy football underscore TCK pod and on Twitter at TCK underscore pod. That wraps up episode 223 in the books. Next episode, 224 teammate comparisons for quarterback week. This has been another episode of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. And for Lucas Kaser, I'm Sky Guasco, and we are out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.